Hey Andy, did you see the new Profound Naturals order that came in mentioned the podcast? No way, that's awesome. What'd they get? They got one of each, a tincture, body butter, and our on-the-go move stick. Oh, I wonder if they liked our episode on topicals. I'll go get it boxed up and throw in some stickers. Yeah, and actually, let's give our podcast listeners a special discount code this month. So anyone who uses the code PODFAN0822 before September will get 10% off their order. I love that idea. So they'll just type in PODFAN0822 when they check out from ProfoundNaturals.com. All right, this is ready to get shipped out. Should we record the episode? Let's do it. Welcome to Smoke and Science, the podcast by Team Smoke and All, where two PhD scientists break down cannabis and other natural products so everyone can understand it. I'm Andy. I'm Riley. And I'm Miyabi. We're so excited to be back in this season. We're going even deeper. Today, we're going to teach you 20 of the most interesting science tidbits that you're going to learn about this season. We also have a special announcement at the end, so don't miss it. So Andy has a beaker here filled with the title of our 10 podcast episodes. He's going to read them and Miyabi and I will each have about 30 seconds to explain what we think is the most interesting thing about each topic for the episode. So let's see if we can get through this without going on a million tangents. Here we go. Welcome to Smoke and Science, nothing but the facts about our favorite plant. There we go. 3.9, Evolving with Cannabis, the Evolution of Chemodiversity. I think the most interesting thing about this topic is that we evolved with cannabis for thousands and thousands of years. We've evolved with all living things, and the topic of this is talking about how we evolved uh, to be similar when you zoom into us at the molecular level. So when you look at us atom for atom, the molecules that we produce, the molecules that the cannabis plant produces, and the molecules that all living things produce, and how they respond to stresses in the environment, um, this is <laughs> what it's about. And you're out of time. Plant secondary metabolites like THC and CBD have co-evolved with animals. This is the case with many active compounds in plants like nicotine from the tobacco plant, which is produced as a defense against insects. The plant produces compounds that interact with other biological systems. Having multiple compounds in a plant that serve a similar purpose allows the organism to be more resilient against environmental stressors. 3.10 the fullest spectrum applications of chemo diversity okay so applications of chemo diversity i think we're all passionate about using very complex natural product like crude natural products because the plant is producing hundreds of unique compounds and although we only heavily research a few of these like thc and cbd the others that are in really low concentrations can interact in a synergistic or additive way that can benefit us and protect our bodies from being overwhelmed by one single molecule and this is sometimes really hard to quantify and that's kind of beautiful but every single biological system <laughs> 
So I think Riley was going to say that every biological system in the body is constantly talking to one another and changing one another. The endocannabinoid system is talking to and changing the serotonin system, the dopamine system, and the endocrine system, and vice versa. And while we don't fully understand how complex formulations like cannabis that contain hundreds of molecules interact with this complexity inside our bodies, it's possible that there are advantages to it. And anyone who's familiar with the term the entourage effect knows what I'm talking about. It's all in the combination. Almost all cannabis products contain more than just one thing. In fact, chemo diversity is part of everything. And in my opinion, the most practical application of it is being what, what we eat, our diets. 3.6, the plant hunter, ethnobotany with Dr. Cassandra Quave. All I can think about is how cool she is. So Dr. Cassandra Quave is a, a researcher. She's an author. She's a PhD scientist who goes into the field and is looking for new medicines uh, by looking through traditional medicines, plants, and other natural products and how they're used uh, by people who are still using these plant medicines. And so she goes out into the field and collects samples and she takes these plants and finds the active molecules in them and is currently searching for new types of antibiotics. Antibiotics. Dr. Quave and I have very similar backgrounds in natural product chemistry. And actually for both of us, part of our PhD research focused on building medicinal plant extract libraries to test against various disease targets. She's still doing some awesome work in the world of antimicrobials and antivirals. I had first met her at a conference and I thought she was so refreshing to talk to because she did so much field research. Not only is she an ethnobotanist, a forager, a hunter, an author, and a mother, but she's absolutely one of my role models in the world of science. Okay, 3.7. Tall, short, sticky, stinky weed. Cannabis genetics with Dr. Anna Schwab. Okay, so this episode with Anna can be really helpful because we talk about all this nomenclature that we use to describe how different varieties of cannabis are different from each other. We talk about indica versus sativa, if and when to use those terms, cultivars, chemovars, strains, and it's far beyond just what's actually correct. It's also about what helps with communication and understanding of what all of this diversity means, uh, what audience to use these around, and why does it matter to us? And we're out of time. <laughs> Cannabis genetics are fascinating because we've been intentionally breeding the plants for specific molecules for a long time now, which changes a ton of things about the plant um, more recently within the last like 20 to 30 years. I'm actually the most interested in investigating landrace strains, which are the original cannabis plants that occur in nature. It's very difficult to find them. And to my knowledge, there's only very limited research on what's different between those landrace strains and the way that we cultivate and intentionally breed cannabis now. Me. 3.5 science o smoke on smoke and science <laughs> all right so <laughs> and we're going the coolest thing about smoke is that you are not actually taking in the molecules that are in the flower all of us who love smoking and love the effects of smoking we know that it's different in a joint a bong a bowl a blunt it's it's different it's different in a drier vape and it's different in a concentrate vape and the reason why is because there's different temperatures there's different molecules present in the beginning as a starting material and when you heat that all up it changes the molecules and that changes the way that those molecules go in and affect the and we're out of time 30 seconds is hard <laughs> It is. It, you're supposed to, that's called an elevator pitch. 30 seconds or less. We literally just, all three of us talk too much.
my favorite part of this episode is when we're talking about how if you light anything on fire, it completely changes the chemistry. So not just the example of smoking weed or lighting a joint on fire. And I think it was Miyabi in this episode who mentions that cooking onions were completely changing that chemistry. But we all know a million examples in our lives. And the more you think about it, the more it becomes almost obvious that the chemistry is undoubtedly changing when you smoke. And uh, humans tend to really like these chemical reactions. Okay, next off here. 3.3, Cannabis and Epilepsy with Dr. Callie Seaman. Okay, we can't talk about uh, epilepsy without talking about epidiolex. So one of the most interesting and ironic things about cannabis medicine to me is that we have multiple FDA-approved drugs that are from compounds found in the cannabis plant. Epidiolex is just straight-up pure CBD that is a medication used to treat rare and severe seizure disorders. We also have Marinol, which is THC. That's a different drug used for pain and appetite stimulation. Yet this plant is still classified as a Schedule One drug because there are, quote, no medical benefits. That's insane. <laughs> Uh, Dr. Callie Seaman is so awesome. She is a PhD scientist, but she is also a patient just like us. She has epilepsy herself and has been using cannabis to help her manage it for many years. She's an advocate for cannabis and epilepsy and cannabis for mothers, and we're excited to go into more detail about one of the most well-established benefits of medical cannabis, specifically for CBD, but also THC cannabis. 3.4 Promiscuous CBD, Pharmacology with Dr. Jehan Marku. All right. I'm obsessed with CBD, and the fact that it has so many benefits is probably because it's so promiscuous, which means that it interacts with tons of different things in the body. Right now, we think that there's at least 65 different things that CBD will interact with in the body, including the CB1 receptor, where it turns down the volume on CB1 receptor signaling, but it also activates the serotonin 5-HT1A receptor, which happens to be the main receptor that's been targeted for most mental health disorders. Um, And it also activates- And we're out of time. That is a live recording of what my brain sounds like right now. 3.1. Receptors make you feel things. (laughs) CB1, CB2 receptors. Oh my God, receptors are amazing. The coolest thing to me is that receptors are the way our body talks to itself and the way it talks to the environment. We would immediately die without receptors. We would have no way of regulating anything in our body. But receptors are also a way many things do die in the case of toxins or too much drugs, but that's a little dark. Receptors are super dynamic and in many ways we can actually control the level of receptor expression in our bodies by controlling what we put in them. Was that the thing? It wasn't. Sorry. It wasn't. That was my email. You only got 28 seconds for that one. Oh, that's okay. So I'm a big nerd about the actual mechanics of how receptors work, because when molecules like THC bind to receptors, they actually physically change the shape of the receptors. The receptors glob onto the molecule, which is what then leads to a domino effect that causes changes inside the brain cells that the receptors are on. And those changes are what causes the effects. 3.2. For fuzz sake, more than just CB1. 
love that I got this one because I literally did my PhD on the enzymes, but we're going to talk about the endocannabinoid system in more detail than just the CB1 receptors and the CB2 receptors, because there are enzymes and there are other targets. There are things that cannabis interacts with that affect the endocannabinoid system, mainly because it creates more endocannabinoids and then those go on to affect the receptors. And these are really important. They're drug targets that we've been looking at pharmaceutically for a long time. And there's so much that we know about them and about how they and we're out of time i totally agree that these enzymes are some of the coolest drug targets because it's leveraging our own endocannabinoid system we can prevent our body from breaking down our endocannabinoids or at least break them down slower so that the endocannabinoids have more time to act on our body endocannabinoids are unique because they are synthesized on the spot they are used and then they are immediately degraded by the body 3.8, taking care of business with science. So we are scientists, consumers, and we're also involved in the business aspect of cannabis. We think there is a significant disconnect between these different sectors of the industry. And if we can bridge this gap between these six sectors, then it would allow everyone to benefit. Uh, consumers can make educated decisions about the products they put in their bodies that are sustainable from a medical standpoint. And eventually this could help get the results we'd like to see in, for legalization of the plant. We have observed a disconnect between consumer, business, industry, and the scientific community. We want to explore the disconnect and understand better how we might be able to make science and scientific information relevant to these different groups because each of them finds something different important to them. How can we make them all meet in the middle? So that's our season in a nutshell. And as you know, there will be plenty of additional information and anecdotal stories in each episode. The first full episode is on CB1 and CB2, and this will drop next Friday. We're also going to be releasing extra credit conversations that go into more detail about each episode on the Fridays between each episode release. We're already planning the fourth season of the podcast. The first episode is called Dose Yourself. And it's going to be about how to properly dose for specific effects. We launched a website, so if you have any suggestions at all, please head over to www.smokeinscience.com. Again, that's www.smokeinscience.com. Also, you should sign up for our email list on the website to be the first to find out about these new episodes and receive bonus content that we're going to release only in our newsletters. If you're a visual learner, we have our YouTube channel and our Instagram as Smoke and All. And if you want to be part of our community of cannabis lovers and chat with other people further uh, who want to discuss the episodes, we can check out our new subreddit, r slash smoke and science. One last thing, we would like to thank everyone who has purchased Profound Naturals hemp products and sent us feedback. We really appreciate the support. We're so happy that it's helping you and just thank you so much because you have directly contributed to our ability to keep doing what we're doing sharing cannabis science and education so thanks and we'll see you all in our next sesh 